Remember when I said that we try to pack too much into the headline? Well, I feel that there is actually so much space and empty real estate sitting around your headline. There's copy above and there's copy below. And so if you think about your headline as a gift to your audience about what you're going to offer up to them, think about your personality as the wrapping paper. And most importantly, remember this, do not leave your headline naked. (laughs) Skipping the copy in the space before it and after is absolutely a missed opportunity to do so much heavy lifting before someone even gets into your sales page copy. It is empty space you can use to highlight your personal style of teaching, your ideal members, who you're most excited for them to learn, and maybe even a dash of humor. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-million dollar business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, money, and time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and helps you create a life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Today's episode is very near and dear to my heart because I'm taking you behind the scenes and giving you a sneak peek at something that was very exclusive. Last month, I held our Entrepreneur Virtual Experience, the Course Creators Edition, which was a new experience having it online instead of in person. Now, I say this was exclusive because this event was only for my Digital Course Academy students, my alumni, and my current class of students as well. So it's exclusive, but I wanted to give you a little sneak peek. It was an amazing experience and my speakers were phenomenal. Participants heard from Zafira Rajan, a copywriting expert who focuses on sales pages, Michael Hyatt, my mentor and the expert of productivity, Jasmine Starr, my go-to girl for all things Instagram and growing an authentically branded business, and Mr. Stu McLaren, who can build a community like no other. So my team and I got to thinking, when you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm gonna keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today 
tailoring it to suit your business specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Because the insights shared were so next level, we wanted to give you a little taste of all the phenomenal guidance, tips, and tools that the audience received. And honestly, this just scrapes the surface because those who were there walked away with so much new knowledge and inspiration. The chat was on fire every time one of these presenters hit the virtual stage. So I just couldn't resist. I wanted to give you a little taste from the experience. So in today's episode, I'm sharing a few clips from our virtual event. Now, these tips are tidbits that every entrepreneur should know, especially if you're just starting out or you're determined to build the business of your dreams, which I know you are. First, you'll hear from Michael, who's going to give you organization strategies and more specifically, how to prioritize and tackle tasks to increase your productivity and decrease that word I dislike so much, overwhelm. Uh, yes, please. After that, you'll hear from Safira, who dives into how to make your sales page headlines and bio stand out, and more importantly, do the selling for you. My girl Jasmine Starr is up next, and she's bringing you the heat with her simple strategies for creating photo topics and a photo bank, even if you're still building your business as a side hustle. Plus, you're going to walk away with powerful action items. And then I have little Stewie for you. He hates when I call him that. He's sharing some of his favorite tactics for creating a strong community with even stronger engagement. And you guessed it, you're also going to get easy action items to implement right away. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's kick it off with Mr. Michael Hyatt. You got to redesign your day. Look, here's the thing. Effectiveness is not about getting more things done. It's about getting the right things done. Or as David Allen likes to say, you can do anything you want. You just can't do everything you want. And, and here's the problem. You know, the research shows, and I did this research when I wrote my book, Free to Focus, is that the average person who uses a task list has 15 items on that task list. Okay, so here's what typically happens. Even if you get, say, eight of those 15 done, you know, you're still not winning. You don't feel like you're winning. You get up in the morning and you see 15 items on your task list. And what do you feel? You feel overwhelmed because you know there is not a chance or very little chance that you're going to get all 15 of those done. So you sigh, you sit down at your desk and you start pounding out the work, hoping that today you can do a little better than yesterday. At the end of the day, even if you get eight of the 15 done, how do you feel? you feel defeated. Let me tell you something. When you bookend your day with overwhelm and defeat, how does that make you feel? (laughs) Like you want to quit, right? Where do I go to to resign? We've got to reinvent the game. And one of the best ways to do that is to follow the Pareto principle. Now, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Vilfredo Pareto was an Italian economist. And basically, he observed that 20% of the effort drives 80% of the results. Now, this works in all kinds of fields. You know, it it would mean like 20% of your customers drive 80% 
of your profit or 20% of your customers, you know, account for 80% of your customer service problems. But the 20-80 rule works in a lot of different fields. So again, let's apply it to task management. Let's imagine for a moment that you start the day like most people with 15 tasks. Okay? Let's say that you use the desire zone to focus on the three tasks that are the highest leverage. The 20%, and 20% of 15 is three. You focus on that. We call that the daily big three. Now, I want you to try and experiment for the next 30 days. Are you game for this? Right? If it doesn't work, you can go back to whatever you were doing previously. But here's what it means. Every day, you identify the three tasks that contribute to one of your goals or are part of an important project, and that's what you focus on. And, and this is an important thing, you can have other items that if you get time, you, you can do. But if you get these three done, you declare victory. You're successful, okay? So that's the daily big three. And that's what you need to focus on. Again, for the next 30 days, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, inside of the Full Focus Planner, which is our planner system, Amy uses it. I know many people on her team uses it. We've got hundreds of thousands of people out there using it. But this is baked in to identify your daily big three. Let's start with your headline. When I look at a lot of headlines today, I feel like it's where we have like the most to make up on in a sales page. We're trying to squeeze so many things and that one phrase so that they just keep reading all the benefits, all the urgency, all the scarcity, and it's a lot. <laughs> but are you really leveraging the headline on your sales page or anywhere else well enough to actually show your audience that you get them? The purpose to me of a headline is to really deeply understand how much your customer knows about you, pre-qualify them accordingly, and add a little dash of personality. So before I dive into the personality bit, I want to share this secret with you, which is how to get to the heart of your headline message. It is completely dependent on your audience's stage of awareness. How well do they know you? How well do they know your course or even your brand? So if people have landed on your sales page, let's say from cold traffic, and they have no idea who you are, you would focus on the purpose of your course or your big idea behind it. If you're talking to people who are really stuck in the pain and you're talking to them and they're like in that frustration mode, you're going to focus on their top three pain points. If maybe someone's heard about you before, or maybe they've clicked through your sales page a couple of times in the past, or they know about you, you would focus on your course's key features in your headline. And if you have people, let's say, who've been on your wait list or you've been drumming up excitement about your course for a long time, then you want to focus on urgency and scarcity in your headline. So I know a lot of people could be landing on your sales page from all these different points, but you probably know internally in your gut where your key audience is going to lie on this scale. So consider this your compass to understand the core message of your headline. Screenshot this or hang on because I will give you the slide deck at the end of this presentation as well. So remember when I said that we try to pack too much into the headline? Well, I feel that there is actually so much space and empty realist sitting around your headline. There's copy above and there's copy below. And so if you think about your headline as a gift to your audience about what you're going to offer up to them, think about your personality as the wrapping paper. And most importantly, remember this, do not leave your headline naked. <laughs> 
skipping the coffee in the space before it and after is absolutely a missed opportunity to do so much heavy lifting before someone even gets into your sales page copy. It is empty space you can use to highlight your personal style of teaching, your ideal members, who you know, you're most excited for them to learn, and maybe even a dash of humor. Now, since I love a good example, I want to show you the difference between a naked headline that didn't do this and one that did. This is an example from my client, Susie. She's a photographer who created a pack of mobile presets. Her audience is usually parents taking photos of kids, and they want to edit their photos on their phone. Before, her headline was basically a long paragraph. If I try to read it out, it sounds like, finally, mobile presets designed to transform your pictures into classic beautiful images. Notice, like I am already running out of breath saying it. <laughs> and, you know, when I was talking about talking to someone on Zoom and reading their sales page and listening to the person, they sounded completely different. And that's how I felt about Susie, too. She was really bubbly and quirky and super natural. And to me, this felt like really forced language. But after we revamped her sales page and put some clothes on, <laughs> here are where some subtle tweaks made a huge difference. Remember when I mentioned pre-qualifying? We just mentioned exactly who she's trying to talk to above the key headline. And we called out exactly who she wanted to help. Because when you bury it, you do all the legwork building up to it. Just make your life and there's way easier. Say it's 4X who wants Y to do, you know, whichever thing part of your course is super unique. And in the sub headline, we did double duty. We overcame a hesitation and added personality. So a huge hesitation of people who buy packs of filters to edit photos is that it's going to make your skin color look really weird. But instead of saying that, we said, It'll enhance photos on your phone without worrying that your family will look like they got dipped in Cheeto dust, which makes me laugh so much more. <laughs> and the best part is I didn't even have to come up with that copy. I interviewed her members who had taken, who had used these presets. And that is exactly word for word what someone told me was the biggest benefit of the program. <laughs> so sometimes your customers have all the answers. Now, what does a headline like this reflect to your audience? Why is it so important? Well, I think when you take this approach, it helps them say, hey, I see you. Where you're at is perfect for where we're going. If you identify them correctly on that stage of awareness, I deeply understand you. And hey, I can have some fun. I'm imperfect too. I don't know everything. And you can zhuzh it up a little bit and just add some space. So Take note of that. I hope all of you are going to start revamping your headlines and breaking it up a little bit now. Okay, the next part is your bio on your sales page. That part that talks about who you are. I often see it written in the third person, which makes me really sad because that's an opportunity to just be more you. And for me, your story on your sales page should take people from lurking around to wanting to be your bestie or even... Someone who maybe they're newly obsessed with and thinking about constantly. <laughs> I like to think about your bio as something that takes people on a journey of emotions. It helps you lean into your weird. Who was on first do when he got up on his chair and just literally like shoved his butt in the screen? That is the weird side that we remember. And those are the things that stick with you. And I want to show you how to lean into your weird too. And it's also an opportunity for you to be way more vulnerable than you think. So let's dig into this. Why am I making it so important to really tantalize and entice people in this section? I want to share a story from a client of mine. 
I do this thing called the day spa where people book me for a day and I work on their copy and I sit in my copy cave here and write it away. And then we check it on zoom and they read through it and they let me know what they think. So the best part about it for me is I get my clients reactions in real time. <laughs> and even though my video is off while they're reading, I'm actually secretly watching them the whole time. So one of my clients, while she was going through the sales page that I'd written, I kept hearing a little giggle, a little laugh, or like a snort. <laughs> and by the time she got to her bio, it was full out loud. And it made me laugh so much and made me feel so good. That is exactly how you want your audience to be feeling on your sales page. And most importantly, in your bio. And here is why. That range of emotions, it is so much easier to buy from someone when you feel like you're getting along with them, right? I mean, even think about your school teachers because who you are is a teacher. You probably remember the ones who felt like friends, not the ones who wowed you with amazing degrees and really impressive accomplishments. You want someone that feels like, you know, you could get a cocktail with them. So let me offer a reframe for your sales page bio. I want you to think about it like a Tinder profile, (laughs) because depending on your launch strategy, that is exactly what it is. It could be read for the first time if someone's landed on there from like a cold Facebook ad, or you could just be coming up in someone's feed over and over again. Maybe they kind of know you, but you want to remind people why they want to keep going on dates with you. I know it's creepy, but it's true. (laughs) Now, the bio on your sales page is obviously an incredibly important part for personality, but I am so surprised how toned down people make it. And I'm pretty sure part of it is the fact that even writing your about page for your website has been a struggle. And maybe you're just copy pasting it into the sales page, but you should totally be treating this section with as much tender love and care as the rest of it, because this is valuable real estate on your sales page. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customers' experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? 
LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. In order for you to deploy your Instagram productivity planner, I'm going to tell you you're going to need two things. Why? We're going to keep it simple. Number one, your camera, aka your phone if you don't have a camera. I shoot a lot of my stuff as a professional photographer on my phone. And then number two, you're going to need caption templates. So let's dive in. So your camera, you, I have used, curated a lot of my Instagram when I had even my iPhone 7. I now have the 10. I've moved on up in the world. But sim- simplicity is best. Now, what I want you to do next is to focus on photo topics photo topics so that when people are looking at your Instagram feed, they're becoming accustomed to similar themes so that as they go through your feed, they're going to become, oh, familiar with seeing very similar visual contents on behalf of your account. So photo topics are photos that you want to use to visually represent your business. Now, I know you could probably post a billion things on your Instagram feed. I know. But in order to use your Instagram account with strategy, you want the visual cues to highlight what somebody can become accustomed to seeing as a visual representation of your business. So as an example, here are a few of my photo topics. So when you go to my Instagram account, you are going to see the same familiar visual patterns occur. You are going to see pictures of my family. You're going to see my dog, Polo. You're going to see coffee. You're going to see the work that I'm doing as a photographer, working from home. You're going to see an inspirational quote. You're going to see these patterns visually represented so that I'm preparing my audience to become more familiar with who I am. Because when people are familiar, they trust you. And when they trust you, they engage. And when they engage, they convert. That is the process. Familiarity, trust, engage, conversion. That right there, friends. So I understand the struggle specifically when it comes to creating photos. So I believe that when it comes to creating photos, you should build a photo bank. Yes, this is like a bank where you put your money, you're going to put your visual funds. So a photo bank is created by taking photos that you can use today or in the future. Ah, your bank is photos that you can use today or in the future. So let's walk through as an example. So I told you that one of my visual, like one of my photo topics, one of my visual cues is coffee. So let's just say specifically because I live in California and they've closed down the state yet again. But if I knew that they were going to close it down and I knew that my photo topic was coffee, I could go to a coffee shop. And I can order a cup of coffee and I could sit by a table by a window. And as I was sitting at a table by a window, I could bring out my camera. I can bring out my phone. I can bring out my phone and I could take a picture, a selfie with me and my coffee. 
Then what I could do is I can take a picture of the coffee, my computer and a notebook right where I'm sitting. And then what I could do is I could pull up my phone on a horizontal way, horizontal way, set it up against a salt and pepper shaker, set it up against a napkin holder, set it up against a book, set it up against a wall. And I would push a three second timer. So it's a horizontal photo of my camera at a slight distance. And then what I could do is I can turn my phone vertically and I could put it right here in the window and I could use a timer. I could pick up my cup and kind of look away. In one situation, in one scenario, in one location, I took four different photos. Now I could use one of those photos today on my Instagram feed, and then I could put the rest of those photos in my photo bank so that I could use next week or next month. So a photo bank empowers you to have visual content, even if you're not there at that moment, you're planning in advance. So people often ask, Jasmine, where should I keep my photo bank? Well, you can keep your photo bank on a planning app. You can keep it on Google, like a Google Drive. You can keep it on Dropbox. You can keep it on a folder on your phone. It's totally up to you and it will modify according to your behavior. So here are a few examples. I was recently featured as one of the top female podcasts in Podcast Magazine. And I took a picture of the feature, but because I already had my content plan for the month, I got those photos. I opened the magazine. I took a picture. I put it in my photo bank and I shared it at a later point in time. Very similarly, we haven't been able to see my family as much due to COVID restrictions. And so what I do is I will take a picture. I was very fortunate enough to adopt a baby girl in February, 2020. Our lives have changed. It's been the best. So what I'll do with when I am with my family is I'll take a few photos, post one either that day or the next day, and then put the rest in a photo bank to share at some point in the future. Now, the same thing works for video clips. I have successfully promoted courses and my membership by way of commercials like AKA IGTV or AKA Reels, and I have shot all of them on my iPhone. So what I could do is just take video clips and then later assemble them together. Photo bank, video bank works the same way. So now what I want you to do, this is your action item. Remember, we're all about taking action up in here. What I want you to do is to put a photo in your photo bank once a day to guarantee you're consistently posting your photo topics. Now, let's break this down into a very simple example. I know course creators are oftentimes, not all, but oftentimes side hustles, right? So you have like your full-time I'm a full-time mom and my course is a side hustle. I am a full-time professional and my course is my side hustle. So when it comes time to actually being on social, you're like, I'm totally burnt out. But there are days, come on, I know this. There are days where you're feeling a little fly and fresh, right? You'll do your hair, you'll do your makeup. On those days, I would heavily encourage you to shoot in a couple outfits, put them in your photo bank so that you could share them at a later point in time. You must, must, must engage with your people and your students. And in doing so, you want them to engage with you and with each other. So let's talk about this. So when it comes to engaging with you, the reason this is important is because it creates trust and it deepens their commitment to what it is that you're teaching. And the reason you want them engaging with others is it creates momentum, progress, and all of that leads to incredible results. So let's talk about how this kind of plays out. When it comes to engaging with you, I want you to find points of connection with your audience. Find points of connection with your audience. I'm going to show you how to do that here in just a second. And then the second 
point, which is really important. I want everybody to lean in right now, okay? Lean in. If you want your people to engage in your community, you yourself have got to be engaged in your community. Let me say that again. If you want your people to be engaged in your community, you yourself have got to be engaged in your community. Now, some people don't like hearing that because some people want it to be automated and they don't want to have to interact with people. And, and you can do that. But here's the reality. If, if you want your people to be interested, if you want your people to be engaging, you've got to. Because if you're not, then why would they? So it's really, really important. If you want your people to engage, you've got to engage. And I love and highly recommend you show up and show interest in the progress of your students. Show up for your people. When you show up for your people, you'll be amazed at how much progress they make. And, and this happens in the most little ways because when you show up for your people, your people will want to share their progress with you. Like just the other day, I got this message from Aaron who made his first sale. And he said to me, he said, Stu, I remember you telling us a time when you made that first sale and the picture of you in the motel. He said, today I finally made my first sale and I had to share that moment with you. Why? Because you're the one that put me on this track with try. This is it. When you show up for your people, they want to share these moments with you. It's like when Ginger the other day, this was last month, she set a big goal of getting to $50,000 in recurring revenue without ads and she did it. And, and when you show up for your people, they will want to celebrate because they know that, that you're not going to look down on them like they're bragging. No, you're going to lift them up. You're going to amplify them. You're going to celebrate them. And this momentum begins to create momentum in your community like you cannot believe. Every single day, we have people posting their wins in our community. And I'm sharing this with you because when you show up, your people will show up. And when your people show up and they start putting into practice what you're uh, teaching, they're going to get results. And when they do, it creates momentum for everybody. Now, what can you do to create more engagement between your students? Let's go through a couple quick practical things. When people join a community, instead of just sending them to a post in your community to introduce themselves, give them a template. Give them three questions to answer. Questions that, num number one, are going to let people know who they are, where they're from, why they decided to join your course. And then the third one, I want you to get creative. And if you're the kind of person that says, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of question I should tee up for people, I'll give you a resource here in just a minute. And then the celebration, this is how you create that engagement with each other. When people are celebrating the wins, because when people post their wins and others celebrate them, now what it does is it creates a culture of progress where people want to celebrate each other and they want to be celebrated. So therefore, they're looking to put what they're learning into practice and get results. The last one is shared experiences. Be intentional about creating challenges and sprints and study groups and shared goals that you're all working toward. So if you're ever stuck on like, well, what questions can I ask in my community? This is a resource right here. I got it right here. Because 
We use this at our dinner table at nighttime. And they're just simple cards to ask different questions. The whole, you can just go on Amazon and search for table topics and you can buy these on Amazon and it's easy and, and you'll never be stuck. Here's another resource that I use. This one is from a dear friend, Rachel Miller. It's called postdeck.io. If you don't know what kinds of engaging questions to ask or post in your community, go get this resource. But most importantly, when you're doing the introduction post, ask a question that's going to create connection points between your students. And this is an example of how we bring our students together in breakout sessions. So I'm not on this. I'm not leading this, but this is a way for our community to come together. We do this the first Tuesday of every month at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9 p.m. And people come together to work together, to brainstorm together. Okay, that was mind-blowing. Am I right or am I right? I was literally sitting during each presentation and taking pages of notes because everything they said was gold. I literally get excited just thinking about you getting a taste of their full presentation. I hope you took some notes and I hope you walk away with some action items. What I think was most special about this event is that it was just for course creators. And so all of the speakers were speaking toward growing a business with courses and getting your course out into the world and finished and launched and making it happen. So there was an extra energy, an extra intentional spirit around course creation that I absolutely loved. I have each of these speakers linked up in the show notes, so be sure to learn more about each and every one of them. And if you liked Zafira, just you wait because I have her coming on for a full episode in just a few weeks. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining me today. See you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.